0: One author wrote, a man can live 40 days without food, can live three days without water, but eight minutes without air, but only one second without hope. Forty days without water, not that we've tried, three days without food, sorry, 40, three days without water, eight minutes without air, eight minutes, but only one second, that's what they say. One writer said, without hope. Hope is one of the most powerful forces in our lives. We, we really need hope uh, to keep going because where there is hope, there is life. I remember reading the story of this woman whose husband died and obviously had a great marriage and she lost all hope. This is not uncommon. Within six weeks, she also died. Hope sustains us. Hope keeps us going. And hope is a word of optimism. It's a word of expectation. It's, uh, it looks forward to a promising future. And yet, sadly, most many people, multitudes, not most, but multitudes of people have lost hope. Some feel, feel hopeless about a specific situation, maybe like their finances. They go, it's hopeless, or their marriage is hopeless, or their career, or their job, or their kids, or, or whatever it might be. It may be a, a specific thing that, a person feels hopeless about, but for others, this emotion permeates their whole life. And they just they exist, but they have no hopes, no dreams, no goals. Is there good news for us this morning? Well, yes, there is. And we're gonna find it in Romans 15 and verse 13. It's not gonna come on the screen because I want you to look at it in your Bible. Because that way you know where it is, and you'll know where Romans is, and maybe you'll open your Bible for the first time this week, hopefully not. Yeah. Romans fifteen thirteen. have you found it? Yeah. Now, may the God of hope, oh, how good is that? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit wow what an incredible verse definition of worldly hope is kind of very uncertain like i hope something good will happen to me but it probably won't that's worldly hope christian hope biblical hope is completely different to that biblical hope actually is the steady confident say confident confident expectation of good. That's biblical hope. That's the hope God wants to fill you with today, should you need it. And we all need a bit more of it, I'm sure. And you might ask me, Pastor, that sounds good, but can you give me a Bible verse for that? I'm glad you asked. Psalm 23, verse 6. You ready for this? Here's a biblical expression of hope. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Think about that. Surely. Not not maybe, not possibly, not not even, it could be. But when God says surely, he means surely. Surely, goodness and mercy. And that word follow actually means pursue. Means to run after, chase after. How, How many of you can say that the, goodness of God has actually chased you at times in your life. I mean, it has. I mean, it it chases me all the time. And you know, you might, some people try and run away from God's goodness, but he can catch you up and pour it onto you anyway. What a great verse. I want to encourage you to declare it every day. Get up in the morning. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You might think, oh yeah, whatever. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Oh, I don't think so. On day 100, surely goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. See, so you've got to get it from your, your head to your heart and to your spirit, where you actually believe it, where you actually expect it, where you anticipate it. Verses you've got to make verses a reality by meditating on them, chewing on them, thinking about them, and then eventually they get into your spirit. Because, see, some of you just heard me say that, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and you sitting there thinking, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's just not true. It just does not pass it. sounds good, I know it's in the Bible, but look, that's just, forget it. In fact, I'm not even going to listen to any of the rest of the message. We can be like that, friends. But I always challenge people and say, are you going to believe what you think, or are you going to believe what God says? Sometimes when life's been tough, it's hard to believe what God says. But you must never stop. That's where you've got to stay in the book. <laughs> you Stay in the book, and God will help you there. So it says, uh, may the God of all hope. So our God is actually not just a God of love. But he's also a God of hope. He's a God of hope. His very being is one of hope. His very person. We always talk about, yeah, God's a God of love, and he loves me, and he loves you, he loves all. Yeah, he's that. And he's a whole lot of other things. He's a mighty God, and and we know all that stuff. He's a shepherd, but also he's a God of hope. He's a God of hope. Which means that our God's full of hope. He's, He's a hopeful God. Wouldn't it be sad to serve a God who had no hope? You know, like a hopeless God? And a lot of people serve a hopeless God, quite frankly. We don't. We serve a God who's full of hope. But what makes that better, if you follow track with me that, if if he's a God of hope, and we just read in the Bible, it means he can also fill you with hope. See, that's what he can do. That's That's because he's so much hope. He can fill you with hope and pour it into you. He's a supplier of hope. And he can provide you all the hope, that you will ever need in your life. There is no situation, listen well, in which God cannot pour hope into your heart. No situation. God's bigger. How many of you, God's bigger than your circumstance? And He wants to pour hope into you today. As you are under the sound of my voice in the balcony downstairs, please receive hope into your spirit because hope or faith comes by hearing. As you hear, God can deposit hope in your heart. As I was going off to sleep last night, there was just a recurring uh, thing in my spirit about today's service, and it was this, God, visit us. God, visit us. Visit us, Lord. Visit us. And it was just reverberating within me, and I know God's wanting to visit people today in our services. It may be tonight, but possibly, very possibly, it's this morning as well. God wants to touch and impact your life. So Romans 15, 13 says that you may abound in hope. So, it's not like God's just going to give you a little trickle of hope. You know, or oh, here's a little bit of hope, and you think, oh, missed it. No, no. <clears throat> it says you're going to abound. And the Greek word is perisuo, okay? perissuo, which means, would you believe this? To superabound, to have in excess. So, when God says in Romans, uh, wherever we are, 15, verse 3, that he may fill you with hope. And that you may abound in hope. It means to God filling you with hope in excess. An overflowing, overabounding hope that He pours into you. So as you're in connection with the Holy Spirit, you're just, you're just flooded with hope by the power of the Spirit of God. That's what the Bible actually teaches. That God can overflow you. His heart is to build you with hope. So then you become a, a hope dispenser wherever you go. Whoever you talk to, you're disp- dispensing hope. So, when you come across hopeless people because of who you are as a follower of Christ, you can impart hope to them. If you allow the Spirit of God to fill you with hope to overflowing and abounding. So, the great violinist, Paganini, you may have heard of this, was performing when one string of his violin broke. He's performing one break. The audience is startled, but the master, because he's so brilliant, he just continues to play on three strings. And then suddenly another one broke. Without hesitation, he played on two strings. There's silence, or there's getting quiet now. But then a third string broke. And now there's a complete hush. Paganini raised his famous Stradivarius violin and said, one string, and Paganini, and with unbelievable skill, he completed the performance to a standing ovation. Grace Anderson's only daughter was killed in a car accident and a string snapped. Then her son, 18 years old, died of a sickness and a second string snapped. Thirdly, her husband died of a heart attack and the third string snapped. She said, I lost everything but my hope and my faith in God. She said, that's enough to carry me through, and it did. Friends, it carried her through. You see, the God we serve can give us hope in the worst of situations when everyone around us would collapse, give up and quit, because we're connected to the God of all hope. He can fill you with hope, not just a small amount, but an overflowing, abounding hope that you can continue on with life on this planet with a smile on your face. We can have a confident expectation of hope. So Christians, if you think about it, should be the most hope-filled people on the planet. Why? Because the God of hope lives in us. The God of hope lives in you. He doesn't live in that person in the desk opposite you. He doesn't probably live in the neighbor uh, across the road. He doesn't live in the students that you go to school or university with. So they, 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 if they're struggling, they, there's no way they can't find hope. But for you, the God, this um, unbelievable God who superabounds can fill you with hope uh, every day of your life. <clears throat> And you want to say to yourself, seriously, and I don't want to underplay anything anyone is going through today, but I want you to encourage you to say to yourself, I'm going to be filled with hope every day. I'm going to be filled with hope every day. Not because you're going to try to be filled with hope, but then you can't do it, it's impossible, it's beyond you. But as you know the Word of God, as you know what the Bible teaches, and you cry out to God, He can fill you with hope every day of your life. And it doesn't matter what you're facing or what you're going through. God, our God, is able to do it. See, in a a hopeless world, we can shine with hope. And our world desperately needs a message of hope. That's why we have got the greatest story ever told. We have got the answer. The church is the hope of the world. We are the answer, friends. New Zealand needs us. It needs a church. Many young people... Lost hope or lack hope, and look at the world. You know, imagine being 15 years old, 13 years old, 17, 12, and you look at this world we live in. You see people being beheaded on DVD videos. You see the carnage. How many of you saw the photo in the paper of the city of Homs in, uh, is it in Iraq or Syria, wherever? Which city is it? Where is it? Which country is it? Syria. Syria. Anyway, how many of you saw that? You want to have a look at it? Seriously. I mean, 600,000 people. The this, this city's just de- yes, right. devastated, demolished. I looked at it. It was just a horror story. <clears throat> Imagine being 12 and looking at that. And then the next day you read of something else. Then you read of a, a school and there's, there's, a, there's a shooting and 20 people are killed. Then you hear of an earthquake somewhere. And then you, you hear the Zika virus. There's devastating consequences there apparently a girl in New Zealand has possibly got us in the paper this morning. You, you, you know, you're 12, 13, 15, 8, you might be 20, 25. You look at all that. How do you process that at that age? Man, no wonder there's so many young people, and not just young people, they, they lack hope, and they feel little hope for the future. And so you know what happens from that? Then they don't plan for the future because there actually may not be one. And this hopelessness, they numb the pain. They numb the hopelessness, what, with drugs, with alcohol, you know, with with sex, with all that kind of stuff, just to to numb the hopelessness of life. That's why we got to get every person, young and old, connected to the God of hope, so He can fill them with hope in a hopeless world. So we can be beacons of hope in a world that is hopeless. You know, the, the world needs our message, church. That's why we have New Zealand and beyond, because we want to get this message into the community, into the schools, into the highways, the byways, into our cities, into our nation, into the nations of the world. We have the greatest message on the planet, and we've got to get it far and wide. That's why we're a global church. That's why we have the radio, the television, the magazine, New Zealand and beyond, because we know we have this priceless treasure. It's a message of hope to a hopeless world, but also a message of salvation. So Christians should be optimists, shouldn't we? More than anyone else. Why? Because hope gives you optimism. The kingpin optimist, they say, is a man who thinks he can teach his wife to drive. Has any, any husband managed to do that? Give me a wave. Two. And their wives are not sitting next to them. There's about four or five. Good on you. Well done. How many wives have taught their husbands to drive? Give me a wave. One. There's a couple. There's a couple of hands yeah, there. okay. So it's a. An optimist fell from the top story of a skyscraper. As he passed the tenth floor, falling down, he was overheard to say, "So far, so good." The reality is, most of us do not overflow with hope. Do you know why? Human nature <clears throat> tends to be more prone to be disappointed, agitated, and perplexed. We talked recently, I can't remember what it was, about the power of the negative. You know, one area of negativity in our lives can overpower 50 good areas in our lives. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, the power of the negative... And I think I remember steering that story when I, when I sprained my ankle years ago. Everything else was fantastic. You know, the other million parts were great. Billion parts were great. But all I could think of for the next few weeks was that wretched ankle. The power of the negative. Get it in your thinking, friends. Are you allowing the power of the negative to dominate your entire life? That's why thankfulness is so important. Why? Because in thankfulness, you focus on all the things that are going well and not all the things that are a disaster. And when you focus on thankfulness, you think of all the good things happening in your life, it builds faith in your heart. And you think, my God's a good God. He's an awesome. Then you expect Him to move in that negative situation that you're facing right now. But if you focus on the negative, you get filled with unbelief. and You just think, oh. My finances, my finances, my finances, and then you have no faith for your relationships, for your health, for your marriage, for your job, your career, because you this unbelief just keeps filling your spirit. I want to preach a message, shouldn't I, on the power of the negative? Yes. One negative. Do you want to give you another example? Oh, I've lost my notes here, forget that, alright? Forget the message now. <laughs> but, did you know this? If you have a box of apples, Did you know that one rotten apple, one negative apple, can destroy the whole box? You know that, eh? But you have a box of rotten apples, and one good one in the middle. It doesn't have the same power. You see? The good. So it's the power of the negative somehow is is so impacting in our lives. And so if we're going to be a people of hope, and Because some of you sitting here and listening to me, I, I, I can feel the vibes coming at me. Like, you know, you're telling me I'm filled with hope. If I could get close enough to you, I'd give you the five-fold ministry. Look, I've been around a while, and I know there are people sitting here. And, you know, as far as you're concerned, it's hopeless, and it's not going to change. I can't change that. But my secret agent, God, he can And He's going to sneak up behind you when you least expect it and flood you with a spirit of hope and a spirit of a great future. It comes from out of nowhere, unexpected. God can do it. And that's what maybe is going to happen at conference when God's going to mark some people. Mark them, you know, by the hand of God. You know, I I know in my life, uh, over the years, I've I've been marked by God. And you know, once you're marked by God, I'm telling you, church, everything changes. Wow. E- everything transforms. You know, your, your love for God, your desire to serve Him, to be in church, to pray, to read the world. You know, it's, it's it's effortless. Well, not effortless, but it's 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 you you can you can do it. Why? Because you've been marked by God. And you can tell with some people, this one's been marked by God, this one's not been marked by God. It's a world of difference, like light and darkness. One finds Christianity a battle. The other ones, it's just a joy and a delight. Friends, but God wants to mark all of us. He wants everyone here, the hand of God, to come upon every individual in Church Unlimited to be marked by the hand of God to be, have the mantling of the Spirit resting upon your life and have an impact in your world in which God has placed you. I cry out and I pray to God that He will mark every person in Church Unlimited with the power and the anointing of the Spirit of the living God. I'm going to say it again, church. This is your time. This is your time to rise and shine. This is your time to, uh, to serve God, to be fruitful, to function in power and in victory more than ever before in your life. Receive it into your spirit. Tell the person next to you, this is your time. Now, what was I preaching on? <coughs> power of the negative. I just can't get away from that. Some of you are consumed by the negative and it's ruining your life. You Wake up in the morning, you think about it. You go to work and you think about it. You drive to work, you think about it. You come home and you think, having dinner and you think about it. And I don't criticize you for that. But It's almost like the devil's got in. When you talk to your friends, you talk about it. You can't talk about anything else. It's just... But you see, words create an atmosphere around us the more you talk about the negative the more you invite its power in your life the more you talk about the positive the more you invite the positive into your life i don't know who i'm talking to here but there are some people here this week right now sitting here and for the next week you need to shut your mouth and say nothing say nothing about this negative thing that's consumed your life for a long time God can help you to do that. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, it's not going to happen. But with God's grace and God's help, he can, he can help you to, to, to zip it and speak and create a new atmosphere around your life. And in that new atmosphere, the God of hope will begin to fill you with hope and fill you with faith and a confident expectation of good moving forward. As I wrap it up, there's only one source of true hope. And that's God. See, Psalm 39, verse 7 says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in God. Obviously, I didn't give you that one either. Psalm 39, verse 7. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Where's your hope this morning? Is it in the financial markets of the world? Is it in your employer? Is it in your kids? Is it in your workplace or or a person or, or a church? Is it in your pastor? Hey, pastor, where is your hope? Where is your? See, the world encourages us to look everywhere else for hope. So it says things like, hey, what you needs? is a, a new job. That will change everything. Well, maybe that's true, but <clears throat> I don't think that's necessarily the answer. Or if I was only in a better location, here's a good one, a different church. <laughs> that will do the job. Everything will change. Yeah, everything will change, that's for sure, probably for worse. I've got to say that, eh, I mean, <coughs> well, the world says, you're down, depressed, you know what you need? You need a new wife. <laughs> it's tr- I kid you not. Why is divorce rampant? People lost hope and they thought, new wife will do the job. Di- hey, what I need is a new husband. It's not quite a lot quieter response there on that one. Because the husbands are obviously in this place are so fantastic, no one else wants. No one wants to do that. <laughs> I don't think that's true either. Or else, we put our hope in more money. Here's a big one, and OE. Oh, we can just travel. All my problems will be over. I'll feel this fulfilment, and I'll feel hope, and I'll feel the future. I'm not saying these things are all wrong, but if that's where your hope is, or well, your hope might be in a new car. And when people are really desperate, you know where they put their hope? They so say, what I need is a new pastor. Mm. <laughs> well, you ain't going to get one. <laughs> Thank you for those 20 claps. <laughs> the Bible says, hope placed, well, hope placed anywhere, but in Christ, will disappoint you. Put all your hope in God. Romans 15 and verse 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you. You. Not the person next to you you, right now, today, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, that's good, isn't it, and peace, in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this hope comes to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't just say, I need hope, I need hope, I need hope. No, no, you cry out to God, the God of hope, and say, God, would you fill me with all hope and believe?" We're going to sing very shortly, as the musicians would like to join me, that song, um, Hope of All Hearts. We made it a late addition to the um, song list, but uh, are you up for that one, Hope of All Hearts? You know that one, Adrian? Just just follow me if you can't get it. I'll just... uh, (laughs) <clears throat> the keyboard of Gareth do you know how to play that otherwise I'll do it for you You're okay. you'll be alright I don't want to show you up alright so you do it why are you all laughing can I just finish by saying this we can be a people by the power of the Holy Spirit never lacking in hope don't let it get into your heart. Don't let hopelessness get into your heart. So no God, your word says, I can be filled with hope. Because once you let it get in your heart and it just it, it builds a stronghold of hopelessness, you've got to reject it when it tries to enter. Reject it, or if it's already entered, then cry out to God to uproot hopelessness and replace it with hope in this great God. You know, we sing how great is our God, don't we? Do you know why we sing it? Because God's greatness is more than a match for any hopelessness you may ever face in your life. He is a great and an awesome God. We're going to just reach out to the Lord. Please stand with me. And this is the moment, all right? I said, God, visit us. I felt that God wanting to do that. So in these next few minutes, as we begin, I'm going to head off to the city right now and encourage you to come back for Amy tonight. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a great, great service, a great night. You'll be blessed by it. Bring your family, bring your friends. But as we sing the song, I want you to, to take a hold of that verse and say, God, would you fill me with hope today? God, not just a small amount of hope, but Lord, I want to abound. I want to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to. I walked in this place, my head down, my my step slow, my, my walk dreary. God, I want to walk out of this place here today with a spring in my step, with a hope in my heart, overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's sing it together. Take it from the top. Can we take it from the top? Yeah.